0: welcome to the Nutri-Narratives podcast. I am your host, Gigi Naval. This is the place where dietitians and dietetic students share their stories centered around food to all things nutrition in order to inform, empower, and bring some inspiration to your day. On this Tea Break episode, my guest is Katie Spada, and she is a registered dietitian and nutritionist. Her practice deals with clients who are former athletes, and there are times when former athletes face certain issues, and so she is very instrumental in helping them. So grab your favorite tea, sit back, and enjoy listening as to how Katie helps those overcome certain issues that they might encounter after being athletes. Hello, Katie. Welcome to the Nutri-Narratives podcast and especially to our tea break episode. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm just so excited to, to be here and to share and connect a little bit more with you. Ah, thank you. You know, you are my
0: very first guest in which you did not come from Loma Linda University at all. Everybody else that I've interviewed have come from Loma Linda or are currently going to school there. But you are the very first one that has that is coming from a different university.
1: Oh, I feel so honored and I'm so excited to to have that privilege. So thank mm-hmm. you again for having me.
0: Wonderful. You know, our connection, who we have in common is Earl Macasso. So I got to give a shout out to him for yes. him mentioning you to me. So thank you, Earl. Thanks, Earl. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Katie, can, can you please tell me about your, your background? Where do you come from, et cetera, that type of thing? How did you become a dietitian?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, originally from the state of Michigan, which is important to note when you learn what university I went to. Uh, um, of course. <laughs> mm-hmm, please. Um, and then we, we, my family moved out to Las Vegas, which is where I currently reside when I was 10. Um, I had always been involved with sports of some kind, whether it was gymnastics or horseback riding or ballet or ice skating, um, but I always loved the pool in particular. So I did speed swimming for a majority of my childhood, um, saw synchronized swimming on TV in the 2000 Olympics. And (laughs) Um, And when we moved out here, my mom saw an ad in the newspaper for a synchronized swimming team. And so I went to their open practice and 11 years later, had a full career. Wow, um, amazing. Yeah. And that, that really plays into how I, became, how I decided to become a dietitian on um, many levels. There, there are actually um, two main life events, I guess, if you will, that really impacted my decision to pursue nutrition, um, and both of them are very connected to what I do now. Um, the mm-hmm. first being when I was 17, my brother was 14, he was diagnosed with lymphoma. Um, he is, com- he is totally good now. Completely oh, clean. Hey, yes, I know. Siri, it was the biggest blessing. Um, but all good. But, um, he, he struggled a lot with his nutrition and ended up needing TPN. And so I really saw that medical PN, excuse me. It's not TPN anymore. PN. Um, <laughs> and nice. so I right, gotta be, gotta be correct. <laughs> um but i did um i saw how important nutrition was in his in in his battle and his recovery um and so i loved the clinical side of it and that's how i kind of decided to do pediatric nutrition and pediatric icu now oh fantastic. yeah yeah um and then during my time as an athlete i really struggled with my own nutrition and body image um synchronized swimming is such an aesthetics uh, focused sport you're in a swimsuit 24-7. And a beautiful um, sport, though. So beautiful to watch. Oh, thank you. It, it really is. It's such a unique combination of athleticism and grace and beauty all in all, in one sport. Um, yes. And I have since healed my relationship with the sport. Um, but it did kind of lead to some disordered eating. I would say borderline eating disorder habits. Um and so I was like, there, there has to be a better way. And so I pursued nutrition in college, where I was recruited um, to swim for the Ohio State University. Oh wow! And so yeah, congratulations! So thank you. <laughs> which, if if any of um, your listeners are. Sports fans, they know the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry. So. <laughs> I'm sure they do. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then I, I competed all four years while, while pursuing a degree in dietetics. Um, graduated, retired from sport. Went on to get my, um, complete my internship at Henry Ford Hospital in Detroit. And then moved back and started working clinically um, really unaware of where my where my dietetics career was going to take me, um, had no entrepreneurial passions at the time. But you know, a year later, it's been 13 months since my business has been official. Here, here I am.
0: Oh, so, a big congratulations to you for taking that big
1: step. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, really nerve wracking but exciting, and it's kind of crazy just to see how my life events have. Um, I really believe that everything happens for a reason and, and the experiences we have prepare us for where we're going now. And, and that's really just um, kind of just divine intervention. And Absolutely.
0: So, I, yeah. I do believe that God guides our every step because he right. knows he, where he's going to take us in our career paths.
1: Absolutely. I would have never dreamed this is where I would be, but God knew and he was preparing me for it the whole way. (laughs) I
0: love that. I love it so much. And you were always willing to listen and to move forward with his leading. This is where he needed you next and next.
1: Yes, and it's crazy. I, I really wanted to go um, to Stanford. Stanford and Ohio State have the top synchronized swimming programs in the country. Um, and so when it didn't work out with Stanford, I was pretty disappointed. But now looking back, I'm like, oh man, no, God had it ordained that I would be going to Ohio State. I would be a Buckeye. And there was so much purpose in that. So um, yeah, yeah, it's been, it's been a wild ride, but it's been amazing.
0: Fantastic. So then what led you into your specialty for your, your business?
1: Yeah. So, yes, so my tell business, us about your business, I would love to, yes, um, please do. So my, my business is spot a strong nutrition and it is nutrition coaching focused on the former female athlete, helping them overcome disordered eating and body image struggles. Um, so it really was born out of a lot of my own struggles during sport, Um, But what I realized once I retired and I became a dietitian and I went through my own kind of food journey, if you will, figuring out what works best for me, how can I find something that's sustainable and enjoyable in my nutrition that so many of my former teammates were having the exact same struggles. And I was like, if I am a dietitian, I have all this education and this knowledge on how to feel my body well, and I am still struggling so much, I can't imagine the difficulties and the struggles that they're having. Um, so it started very simple with just an Instagram page, just kind of sharing about what dietitians do. I think I have like a post about turmeric and malnutrition and just very simple things, um, to start. And as my audience grew and I started to get attract more athletes and I started to talk more about my experiences and my journey to getting to where I am today. Um, it kind of grew into this, business and so I, I made it an official business may 2019 and and um have been seeing clients ever since
0: oh that is so amazing it, it's it started from your own personal journey wanting to improve or just be more comfortable
1: in mm-hmm. everyday
0: living yep and and then it got on to you sharing it on social media mm-hmm and then it, it then it was like you working with just sharing your story with others. And that has been attracting people to you because so many people can relate to what you're going through.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think I've been really blown away with things that I thought were... So unique to my journey and my experience. Um, and then having people message me, like, oh my gosh, I used to feel the same way, or I used to have the same thoughts, or, or whatever it is. Um, just seeing how we really do, we all tend to struggle with, with the same things. And mm-hmm. we may think, we may think it's just us, but it's really not.
0: Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. So, you know, usually other individuals might go ahead and get professional help. But you were able to pull in your knowledge from going to school and applying that? Or did you seek other philosophies, help? What helped you so that you have been doing so well since that time?
1: Oh, thank you. Well, um multiple things. So okay. I am very, very blessed to come from a family that's extremely supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents owned their own business for almost two decades when we lived in um, Michigan. And so they have a lot of entrepreneurial background. And so in terms of the starting up of the business, they were able to walk me through what what does it mean to get an LLC and, and open a nice. business bank account. Um, but for a while, I kind of just was doing the social media thing, getting clients that way. Um, And there reached a point where trying to balance um, my business, my master's and my my job in the hospital kind of became too much. I felt like my business was running me instead of I was running my business. Ah. And so I did seek out um, a business coach. She's actually a business coach for dietitians, which was really what I was looking for. Um, And she helped me kind of smooth out what it is, my program looks at building a, a more formal program than just um, you know having, having some pillars and some some things like that. Um, so I did I did end up seeking out help, um, but it wasn't until I had been in business for almost almost you know seven eight months um, wow. before I made the investment. Um, but it was completely worth it. She's she's amazing, and, and having a mentor who is a dietitian who understands this field was mm-hmm. um, incredibly important. So.
0: Oh, that is great. It's so nice to have other mentors in our lives lead us and guide us to achieve our goals.
1: I completely agree. It just makes it, um, I'm sure I could have figured it out, but she was able to help me get there faster and with less road bumps. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. Okay. So then the, the philosophies that you share with your clients to help get them better Are those the same philosophies that helped you recover too from you're not an you're not an active athlete anymore, but I'm sure you still work out and you're still exercising and doing all that, but from being a like a professional athlete athlete, Mm -hmm. because you 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 were doing that. So then life has changed and you're not in a rigorous training program like you were back then. So your mind, sh- your mind shifts as far as as you said, like body image or or even eating habits, that type of thing. So, how
1: were you able to help yourself transition yeah. out of that? Oh, great question! It was a lot of a lot of struggle. I won't I won't lie, a lot of struggle, a lot of tears. Um, but I did run across the intuitive eating um, book, mm-hmm. and reading that book really kind of just revolutionized the way I viewed nutrition yes. um, in my own life and as a clinician. Um, and so incorporating those principles, the respecting your body, honoring hunger and fullness, um, joyful movement, that was probably one of the biggest things and one of the biggest things I see with my clients is our relationship with exercise is so deeply intertwined with the way we make decisions about food um, that if we were able to transition to where moving our body was um, a celebration and it was fun and enjoyable instead of something we had to like sweat or work to earn our food or something like that, um, the relationship with food also started to change and you were able to make food decisions that benefited your body best um so those are some of the the biggest things that i always talk about clients with are one we have to separate our athlete identity from who we actually are because yeah. um, once our body starts to change and it doesn't look like the typical quote-unquote athlete which i i talk a lot about um focusing on performance over appearance in in the world of athletics um but you know once we start to kind of see that change it's it brings up a lot of athlete identity issues um, that are hard to cope with. And so we start there. And then once we kind of move from there, it's, it's tuning back into our bodies because I always say athletes are the most well-equipped to understand our bodies. We just choose to ignore them. (laughs) Oh, oh, well said. Just perfectly said. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, you know, you have to be so in tune to be able to have your body perform in a certain way and perform it that way consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, I always use the example of injuries. We know when our body's injured, but oftentimes we choose to ignore it and keep keep playing through it, yeah. um, to the point where sometimes we become numb to those signs. And the same thing happens with hunger and fullness. If we're eating on a schedule, if we're ignoring our hunger or ignoring our fullness, sometimes we become numb to those signs. So we have to relearn what it feels like to be hungry, what it feels like to be full. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are a lot of things that we work on, and those were the key pillars and principles that helped me heal my relationship with food from, you know, a 1, thousand, twelve hundred calories a day, never eating a carb, you know, right. ever, to being able to have optimized nutrition that's enjoyable and sustainable.
0: Beautiful. So when you walk your clients through that, all these principles that you have shared, how do they initially take it? Is is there some pushback? Is there some surprise? Or uh, are, are they afraid to move forward with that? What is their initial reaction
1: like? That's a great question. And I would say I have seen um, just a, a wide range of reactions. Um, when I start talking about this, I see some clients are relieved. They're like, oh my gosh, I don't have to live this way anymore. Wow. Like very excited and very welcoming of um, this idea. And I, and I think um, these principles, they're they're radically different than what yes. we're used to seeing. Correct. Um, I agree. Yeah, I've read the
0: both too. And I... I <laughs> I, I do, I do embrace their principles too in my own life. So I, I know what you're talking about.
1: Yeah, and um, the power program, the P in power stands for personalized because I truly believe that nutrition is very individualized. Correct. Um, yeah, yes. there is no one size fits all, and oh, so.
0: Yeah, couldn't agree more.
1: (laughs) Um, I agree with you in everything you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um. (laughs) So, I I really think it's important to meet them where they are and figure out what it is that works. What is going to work best for them? Where do we need to start? Um, And so, some some people are like ready to jump in with both feet. some clients are very hesitant and they you know before I, one client who did end up signing with me um, before she did she messaged me and she was like you know i just don't even know if this will work like i've been so ingrained in my food rules and this disordered eating pattern um i don't know if i can ever live differently and so it depends on Honestly, it depends a lot on what sport they're coming from, the sport culture. Uh, okay, I see. Um, so
0: there are differences even within individuals I and mean, different sports.
1: Yeah, and, and these are just generalizations, but yeah. um, what I've seen the most is the very appearance-focused sports like gymnastics, mm-hmm. cheerleading, ice skating, dance. Um, they tend to hold really tight to their food rules, and one of their biggest fears is letting go um, mostly with the fear of weight gain and not being accepted. Um, And then some other sports, like I've got soccer and, you know, track and field and ice hockey and all of that, they still struggle with that. But it's more of like, a I just don't even know like what to do now. I never had to think about what to eat. I just ate what I wanted. And now I'm really struggling. Um, So I've seen those generalized differences. Um, Obviously, it doesn't apply to everyone. But yeah. 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 So that's kind of how they come to me. It's very different, yes. um, which is why the first pillar is personalized. Yeah. Personalize. What's your second pillar? Optimize.
0: Oh, I love
1: it. Yes. Can you so please talk about that. Yeah. Um, so the optimize is to optimize the fueling that they're doing right now. So before we even get into understanding your hunger and fullness or um, learning how to make food decisions that work best for you and your body, let's look at what you're doing right now and how can we optimize it so you're already increasing your nutrition so that way you can be ready to have those conversations and make those decisions. Um, you know, like, Clients coming to me just having egg whites for breakfast like okay well maybe we add some some toast with some jam or some you know almond butter and and an apple or just ways that we can optimize their fueling right now so they can start feeling better Um, and it it, and it makes it makes moving forward a lot easier
0: Mm. so power optimize I, I love I love that so much because in this optimized stage, when they are actually feeling that they feel just way better in, in movement or just in everyday life, I think that's empowering for them that, wow, this is really helping me.
1: Yeah. And I have to give major kudos to my clients because at that point, it's a little bit of um, blind faith because we haven't. We haven't gotten to those points of, well, how do you know that this is what's best for you? And eventually mm. they, I always say, I want you to become your own dietitian. I want you to be telling me what's going to work best for you. Yes. Um. <laughs>
0: yes, yes, totally. That, that's like mo- motivational. Interview. But
1: until then, let's kind of work to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: I-, I love it. I love it so much. Is there a third pillar?
1: Yes, yeah, so there are five pillars in the okay. power program. Yes. Um, personalize, optimize. Um, the W is work on body attunement. So that is where we really figure out what are your individual hunger cues? What are your fullness cues? Um, so often my clients come to me having these preconceived ideas. Well, I have to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and I can't have snacks, or um, they have to clean their plate, or you know, just these external... Um, influencers on how much to eat, when to eat. And so we come Mm. back to, well, what is your body telling you? And sometimes that, that takes a lot of time. That's true. Um, And so that's the work on body attunement. Um, Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. And then the next, the next one. E is for evaluate. And this is where, um, because a lot of my clients do have disordered eating, Mm -hmm. um, you know, they struggle with understanding that carbs are not, carbs are not the enemy. Um, we talk a lot about how carbs are important for fueling, but we ease for evaluate. We evaluate their nutrition beliefs. Are they rooted in science? Are they rooted in truth? Mm-hmm. Why do we think that? Um, you know, I had a, a client who was struggling with, um, bananas because she's like, well, they're too high in sugar. And I was like, well, which is a very common, I've, I've, I struggled with that myself.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. And I've had lots of patients tell me that in clinic, banana would come up with that reasoning.
1: Yes. Yes. And so we, um, or we they would lo- say it's
0: fattening and that and avocados. And it's like, oh. <laughs> okay. Let's
1: yes. A conversation. Exactly. And that's where I love to kind of I say like I nerd out, i so I'm like, well, let's dive into the actual nutrition of it. What does science tell us Good and well. how does metabolism work? And is a banana actually, you know, too high in sugar? Um, and so oh, that's, where I love we, it. Thanks. It's, it's fun. That's, I love that part. We start to break down these beliefs they have, or, yes. you know, peanut butter and jelly is bad for me. Well, why is it, why is it bad for you? And we, we dig really deep into what they, how they view nutrition. And then we go back to rooting it in science and truth. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. The last one is, um, (laughs) which is, again, I kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, but it's R and it's rediscover our joy of movement. Mm. Uh, Yes. 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 So often as athletes, we, believe that movement has to be either a punishment or we have to use it to earn our food or if we don't move we're not doing enough and so um really re rewiring i always say retrain the brain that's a lot of a lot what i do with my clients retrain the brain as to well how does movement serve you how does exercise serve you um if they're just using it for weight loss or to earn the cookie or whatever it is, well, maybe we change that narrative to it's stress relief, it's for mental yes. health, it's for cardiovascular health. Um, so that's that is the Power Program. <laughs>
0: the Power Program sounds phenomenal to me, and I bet that you're getting a lot of success stories already in your in the short amount of time that you have had your business.
1: I bet yeah. you already, you
0: have seen a lot of. Um, clients doing well?
1: I have. I'm so proud of um, my current round of Power Program clients. They are just making great strides. And, and it's been challenging with COVID, I will say, um, just because they've been home, they've been you know, faced with food constantly in front of them, which for some of them is more terrifying than others. Um, but it's also given, it's also kind of been this weird, beautiful opportunity for, for them to truly be able to say no to external um, influences. And they're just home with their food. So if you are hungry, like, go ahead and eat. It's, it's been kind of not fun. I don't want to use that word in COVID together. But um,
0: well, we, we have to look for the silver lining in, in this, this horrible pandemic that we've gone through. So it, it helps to look for that. Silver lining there.
1: Absolutely, it's it's mm-hmm. it's been a unique experience and unique opportunity that I think some of them have been grateful for. Yeah. Um, you know, we're just starting to go back to restaurants, so we're just starting to have to deal with the pressure of looking at a menu with calories on it and what to eat in front of people. And so they've been able to do all of this work before then, so that they've got these I call them like their mental muscles strong. So yeah. when they go into these these public places they can make decisions that work best for them
0: yes you have provided them with tools or those strong muscles the strong mental muscles and the tools for them to feel comfortable to feel like i can do this and that that is a gift that you are able to give in your service to them
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun. I always say, you know, you didn't, you didn't become an uh, elite at your sport overnight. And so you have to train um, to retrain your brain, like I say, um, when it comes to food and body image and exercise and all of that as well.
0: I agree. So so Katie, I'm going to add to this conversation because this is so helpful that you have a clinical background and that you are currently also working as clinical dietitian. Yes. And so we had this conversation earlier that um, the intuitive eating, health at every size, uh, you know, principles, it's so helpful. It's, it's very helpful. But is it for everybody? Mm-hmm. Because we, both you and I have a clinical background too. Mm-hmm. And we both talked about that, you know what? But then there are other individuals in which looking at numbers it motivates them. Tracking yeah. using my Fitness Pal or HealthWatch 360 or other apps, it just makes them go whoa, oh, and feel I feel great. Or you know, if they're yeah, just any if they're tracking, it it motivates them. But for other people. It just won't work, and we understand that. So, what what are your thoughts on the intuitive eating principles? Is it for everybody, or or can can some groups, um, yeah, n- not use it because they don't need it?
1: Yeah, no, I think that's a great question. And like you said, we were discussing this a little bit earlier that I think there's such a polarity where yes. it's either like you have to be fully intuitive eating or you have to be fully dieting and weight loss. And I don't think it has to be that, um, that separate. And I think mm-hmm. that we can kind of integrate them to find what works best for that client. Like I said, it's, it's yes. personalized and individualized and Correct. some pieces of the, of intuitive eating, you know, I, I Um, personally use them in my everyday life, but teaching people. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, High five. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. (laughs) Virtual high fives. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But I I do think that other people really thrive off of more structure. And if they're not at risk for eating disorder development, or if they already don't have, you know, disordered eating tendencies, and they just want to learn, they just want to have Nutrition knowledge, um, right. You know, all of these are tools. Kind of like you were saying with giving my clients the tools. Mm-hmm. You know, macro counting calories and, and intuitive eating, hunger and fullness. Um, I have found that intuitive eating is the most apt for my population that I'm working with. Yes, mm-hmm. um, but these are these are tools that I think. You know, you have to find the tool that works best for that client. Correct. Um, and so, yeah, I think it doesn't have to be so black and white. Nutrition, nutrition is gray. <laughs>
0: yes, that's true. Yeah. And every body is different. Every outlook is different. Exactly. And so as you said, personalize the program or, or the tools for them to be successful.
1: Yeah. I mean, some, some clients have no, have no idea anything about nutrition. Most of my athlete clients have had some nutrition exposure just mm. in being an athlete. Um, but sometimes we'll talk about plates, you know, we'll be like, well, okay, well, let's look at like your plate, look, you're you're completely missing carbs, or you're, you know, way under eating protein, or whatever it might be. And using plate examples um, to help them get an idea until they're able to know how to build a plate that works best for them. Yes. Um, so yeah. That is great.
0: So, Katie, if any of our listeners listening right now want to reach out to you to to get you to help them, if they want to enlist your services, how can they reach you?
1: Yeah, so I am very active on Instagram.
0: <laughs> okay, I will definitely put your your IG handle, but right now, can you yes, share your IG absolutely. handle?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. It is at fueling.former.athletes. Um, so yeah, you can find me on Instagram, send me a DM. Um, you know, I, I hang out on Instagram a lot. Um, I also have, you can find me via my website too. It's spotastrongnutrition.com. Um, I have a little connect page. You can always send me a message through there. It goes right to my email. Um, so anyway, but Instagram is really where I spend most of my time recently. <laughs>
0: yes, yes, indeed. Okay, fantastic. I will put all that information in the show notes so so people Thank can you. also look for your info there too. Yeah. And... Okay, I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this, but I I always like to ask these fun questions at the end. Yeah. What are three nutrition practices that you personally follow yourself that you just enjoy doing this nutrition practice every day or it's a must for you because it just helps you feel good? Three
1: of them. Three of them. Okay. (laughs) Well, first, we briefly we briefly talked about this, the incorporation of functional and integrative medicine is, or nutrition as well. Um, yes. I, I am gluten-free for yeah. um, a thyroid disease. And so um, I don't think that's for everyone, but for me, I've found yeah. significant benefit and in my um, lab numbers too, huge yes.
0: benefit. So, I, and, wow, very good. Katie, I didn't tell you this earlier, but I am also gluten-free. I actually did it because my dad was seeing an integrative, Um, physician. And she suggested that, but I thought in order to help him, I will also do it to support him and my mom. But in my personal journey, my reflux healed. Yes. Healed. Like, wow. So I'm staying on it as, as best I can. I'm not perfect on it, but that's one of the things that has personally helped me.
1: Yeah. And, and I think that's where, you know, it's again, nutrition is so personalized and find what works best for you. And this is gluten free has radically changed my life. Um, Same. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that would be one. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. Two, I'm a big collagen junkie, I have to admit. I love collagen. <laughs> I add it to my smoothies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I have to say, with all of the years of swimming, um, my hair was not great. And so it's really helped my hair regrow. We have a joke in swimming. It's called cap hair where it like breaks off the back of your hair. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, got it. Those have fully regrown now that I don't have gels on because of COVID. My nails are the strongest they've ever been. I'm, I'm fully hooked on collagen.
0: Nice. I, um, you know, I, I'm still recovering from my frozen shoulder, but oh. that was part of my healing journey. One of the tools Yes, it has helped with
1: inflammation, and so I'm glad you mentioned collagen. Yeah. Oh gosh, a third one. Um, nutrition practice. I don't know if this would count as a nutrition practice per se, but I have um, I have something sweet every day. <laughs>
0: you know what? That's perfect. That is perfect. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's it's just it's just a taste and to me I I enjoy it and I don't feel bad about it at all.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, no. I I will I will say one of my favorites is um yes, please just ha- <laughs> is um just having like a spoonful of frosting before I go to bed. That's just really enjoyable.
0: <laughs> that totally works.
1: Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, so yes, I those would it. be my three. Yeah.
0: That is great. Would you consider that your indulgence or do you have another indulgence?
1: Um, you know, I think that's one of the biggest things in my food freedom journey was not restricting myself because I can quickly slip down that slope. Um, and so I will sometimes have, you know, some nights I don't have a spoonful of frosting because I just don't want it. Yeah. And sometimes, I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, I on my Instagram, if if um, you guys follow me, I do sweet treat Sunday every Sunday, and I just make a fun sweet treat, and so that's kind of um, we that's just have right. it in the house, and yeah, so. I, I guess I don't know if I would say that's my indulgence. I would just say that's part of my mental health as well.
0: <laughs> okay. And that makes total sense to me. I, yeah. I love the way you, you have phrased that. So yeah. that is fantastic. Well, thank you so much for, for sharing with me and the listeners. Um, it's always nice to, to hear that there is professional help from people like you who can help this specialized group of very special people, athletes.
1: Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me on and and giving me the opportunity to kind of just share a little bit about it. Um, I really appreciate it. It's been so fun to connect with you. Uh,
0: Likewise. May God bless you and all that you do. If you would like to get in touch with Katie, or if you would actually like to enlist her services, I will list Katie's information in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining us on the Nutri-Narratives podcast. Please join us for another episode. Until then, remember, trust in the Lord, and eat well to live well and stay well.